This is episode 508 of the AWS podcast, released on March 6, 2022. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Sam Leisure here with you. Great to have you back. And we're talking storage today. We're talking some cool stuff. And I'm joined by two very special guests. Firstly, I'm joined by Andrew Crutch, who's the Principal Product Manager here at AWS for FSX. G'day, Andrew. Hey there, Simon. And I'm also joined by Delwyn Olivan, who is a Senior Product Manager here as well for Amazon FSX. G'day, Delwyn. How are you doing? Great, Simon. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for coming on board. This is a really fascinating topic because, you know, it's been a real banner year for customers using the Amazon FSX family. You know, um, the team recently launched FSX for Windows, for Windows-based workloads, FSX for Luster, for compute-intensive workloads. This last reInvent um, was pretty amazing. We've got Amazon FSX for OpenZFS uh, and also FSX for NetApp ONTAP. So a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so we're going to explore the X factor. So Andy, help us understand what FSX is as a service and the different flavors that you have available. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so, so Amazon FSX, it's actually a family of services. Uh, we launched about three years ago. And, and what we do with FSX is we provide fully managed AWS service that provides popular third-party file systems as a service. The reason we built it is we've talked to a lot of customers who traditionally have run a lot of their workloads on-premises uh, using file systems as a storage. And our goal with Amazon FSx is to provide a like-for-like file system solution in the cloud, where if a customer, for example, is running on a NetApp ONTAP system or a Windows system on-prem for their storage, they can migrate to the cloud. They can use FSx for NetApp ONTAP or FSx for Windows File Server as their storage solution. And, and get a similar storage experience in the cloud without needing to reinvent how they store their data, how they manage their data, as well as benefiting from everything the cloud has to offer uh, in terms of elasticity and flexibility for both their compute, but also for their storage. So you know, our goal here is make it easy for customers to move over to the cloud, uh, migrate their data over, migrate their workloads over without having to invest time and effort and energy in rethinking how they manage their data. I think that that's important too. That 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 need to not reinvent. You know, for some organizations, reinvention is is possible and exciting and useful. So you know, for some customers, say, well, just use S three instead and don't use file systems anymore. That's great for a set of customers. But I think as you, as you reference, there's a whole bunch of customers that, for very good reasons, need the file system semantics, the language, the the interfacing, the compatibility. It just solves a whole lot of problems. Yeah, exactly. And you know, a lot of a lot of the investments customers make as part of moving to the cloud is uh, modernizing their compute, leveraging services like AWS Lambda or, or container services. And you know, for customers, different customers have different trade-offs, different things they're looking for with their workloads. But the, the main thing we want to make sure customers are thinking through is you don't have to reinvent your storage unless it makes sense to for your business. Yeah, uh, you know, there's reasons file systems have been around for a while are going to continue to be around for a while. They, they offer particular features, they work a certain way. Uh, and for customers who've built their workloads around them, uh, it's perfectly reasonable, perfectly acceptable to continue using that same storage technology without having to invest additional R&D cycles to try to reinvent for something different. And you talked about fully managed. Um, you know, the, the, the phrase fully managed gets thrown around a lot. So what do we mean when we say fully managed for our customers? Yeah, so fully managed really means that, you know, from a customer perspective, our goal is to make it so that you don't have to worry about either infrastructure management or software management for your file systems. Uh, so as a fully managed service, for example, on the infrastructure side, 
Amazon FSx automatically manages the provisioning of file servers, of, of storage, of disks. Uh, we're continuously monitoring for hardware components and replacing components in the event of degradation or failure, really to make sure that your file systems are running highly available, highly durable. And then on the software side, we're also completely managing the file system software that's running behind the scenes and powering your data. Things like software upgrades, patches, uh, making sure that the software itself is running and healthy. Again, our goal from a service perspective is to offer an NFS or SMB or iSCSI endpoint that you can just mount from your clients without needing to worry about the health of the backend. I think that's really interesting because certainly like some of the customer feedback is not, well, well done, guys, you uh, you drop in replaced what I already had, but it's it's actually advantageous. Like there's there's benefits to be had in terms of agility and performance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of the customers we have today are running on file system technologies they never would have even thought to before. You know, we see this a lot, especially with FSX for Luster, which offers really high performance, really high scale up performance. And it's something that customers maybe traditionally wouldn't have looked to manage themselves. The big part of the beauty of a managed service is giving customers the capabilities of powerful file systems without customers needing to worry about knowing how to spin them up or knowing how to manage them. Now, I think the, the topic of powerful file systems is important. I want to, us to talk briefly about FSX for NetApp ONTAP. Um, I'm old enough to remember when NetApp was created <laughs> and, and ONTAP was revolutionary, particularly it's sort of copy and write snapshots and other great capabilities. And recently, sort of in the last uh, 12 months, I got to work with a customer who was migrating uh, you know, over 1.2 petabytes of NetApp storage. So it's, it's a thing and it's a thing at scale that has to be dealt with. How, do you, how have you been seeing folks using this particular new capability? Because I think it's a really interesting one that a, a lot of NetApp customers will be uh, fascinated by. Yeah, I, honestly, I would say I'd say all of the above. Uh, you know, we, we've seen customers migrating over to the service from traditional NetApp arrays uh, and really appreciating the fact that the service is a first class, just like it's a first class AWS experience. It's also a first class NetApp experience for users who are used to the NetApp ecosystem. We also have other customers who are running database workloads, for example. Uh, Pearson recently migrated their, their database over to FSx for ONTAP. They're able to get 10x better performance, and they weren't running on NetApp before, weren't even familiar with, with the technology. Mm -hmm. um, so we're seeing kind of a broad spectrum of both customers who are used to the NetApp ecosystem, as well as customers who, simply because the service makes it so easy to leverage NetApp's capabilities. You know, you mentioned copy on write. Uh, we have you know, automatic tiering built in multi-protocol access. It's a very long list, but um, you know, the, the, the real power of the service is making it easy for any customer in AWS to leverage these capabilities without having to become a NetApp storage administrator. Yeah, yeah. And there's also, I think there's some new announcements around reInvent uh, for VMC integration too. So if you're a shop that's used uh, heavily invested in NetApp and VMware, um, there's a good pathway there. Let, let's also- yeah, absolutely. Let's let's also talk about you know p performance and and how things can be run better for our customers. Delwin, you know uh, FSx for OpenZFS and NextGen FSx for Lustre, they're using the AWS Graviton two processors, which was spoken about on the podcast before. But how does it make a difference for customers? Like you know a, a chip selection in the storage world normally wouldn't be a big deal, but it kind of is. Yeah, Simon. Honestly, one of the things that I uh, actually like to think about here a lot is just one, one of the benefits of building here at AWS. And I think one of the main ones is that we naturally and automatically get the benefit from all of the great innovation happening here as a company. 
And that includes things like the, the Graviton2 instances that you mentioned. So there are ARM-based processors, right, that deliver really high levels of price performance, you know, 40% better price performance than similarly configured uh, x86-based instances. And we as the FSX team get the benefit from that price performance, but that really means that our customers get the benefit when we pass on that price performance to, to our customers. Yeah. So FSX for Luster and FSX for OpenZFS are designed and really their objective is to deliver really high levels of performance that are really low cost. And what Graviton enables us to do is deliver that for our customers. And, and let's talk a bit about some of those, those newer family members. I, I know a lot of customers have been waiting for OpenZFS to come out or, you know, I'm Australian, I call it ZFS, you call it ZFS, it's all the same. <laughs> but but what, what were some of the drivers behind that and some of the feedback you've been getting? Yeah, I think um, ZFS is a, a very commonly used file system on-prem used to manage exabytes of data. And, and customers really like the snapshotting capabilities, the uh, replication capabilities, the, the data resilience that's built into the file system layer, as well as the performance that you really get with the integrated arc caching that's built in at the file system layer. And so we heard from customers that they were looking for this high performance option in the cloud, and we delivered that as an option for them as part of the FSX family. I think it's it's interesting watching the the tiering story build out over time in storage where you know, I used to work in storage back in the, the 90s and 2000s, and it was like the dream to have tiered storage. And now it's, it's kind of like baked in easily. So that, that benefit becomes really compelling. But I'm, I'm wondering, you know, do I have to choose one flavor or do we have an example of where customers might use multiple flavors of FSX? Yeah, so we, we actually have quite a few customers who are uh, using different FSX file systems uh, for different workloads. You know, each file system has different performance profiles, features uh, that make each of them a, a great fit for different types of use cases. One great example is, uh, is eHealth New South Wales. They're actually using Amazon FSX for Windows File Server, for Luster, and for NetApp ONTAP. So th three of our FSX wow. offerings today, you know, they're leveraging FSX for Luster for some of their genomics analysis, uh, where they really need a high-performance, fast file system to, to process all that data. Uh, they moved their patient administrative application over to FSX for Windows. Uh, and the, just recently, once we launched FSX for NetApp ONTAP, they moved over uh, just over a petabyte of medical imaging data to FSX for ONTAP, uh, leveraging our automatic tiering capacity pool tier uh, to simplify the storage and reduce some of their management overhead. So they're using the right horses for courses. I guess it, it, uh, it offers the, the question, I've got, I've got FSX, I've got different flavors of FSX, I've got EBS, I've got S3, I've got Storage Gateway, got Glacier, I'm, I'm probably missing a bunch. Delwin, how do I choose? <laughs> Which one do I use and when? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, ultimately, the FSX family is really designed to help customers with two things. First, with NAS migration. So it's designed to really make it easy for customers to move their existing storage to a fully managed file solution on AWS. And it's also designed to help them build net new data intensive workloads to power their applications with high performance, cost effective file storage. And the reasons we have four options in the FSX family is we really want to make it as easy po as possible for customers to migrate from their existing storage solution. So our short answer is if you have file storage today, look at what you're using. If you're using uh, NetApp ONTAP on-prem, then you should be migrating to FSX for NetApp ONTAP. If you're using ZFS or other Linux-based file servers, then you should be migrating to FSX for OpenZFS. If you're using a Windows-based file server, then you should be migrating for FSX for Windows. And if you're using Luster or other parallel file systems on-prem, then you should be migrating to FSX for Luster. 
With NAS migrations, it's as simple as that. So yeah. What we're doing is really offering a light for light option for our customers. And, it, and the nice thing is, I think that migration process is a well-trodden path, and we've got some great tooling around doing that in an automated fashion. You don't have to take the original array offline for the duration of the migration, all that sort of stuff. It's This is a kind of in parallel process. And I think, as you mentioned, we've got customers doing this at the, at the petabyte scale. And and so it's talking to your account manager, talking to a partner, sounds like the way to go to really wring the best out of your storage to figure out whether you're doing a like-for-like, like, whether you're optimizing, whether you can tune. Just like you tune your EC2 instances when you migrate from on-premises, you may want to tune your file system. But also whether you want to introduce different file capabilities or storage capabilities to augment what you've already got. Yeah, what I'd say is that for, for 90, 80%, 90% of customers, it's really as simple as for nice migration, what are you using today? But for some customers who have really complex on-prem deployments, and frankly, there are some customers out there that their on-prem configuration is so complex, they don't know where their storage is sitting, what's yeah. running on it across <laughs> multiple data centers. And for those types of customers, we've actually developed an internal tool uh, called the Storage Discus Discovery Assessment Program. And their customers can ask, answer a few questions, run the tool in their existing uh, deployment, and we'll automatically and easily develop a custom recommendation for what storage option they should be using uh, for different components as part of, the, of their existing configuration. Fantastic. And what we're really looking to do is make it even easier for customers to understand what the best solution is for them file, block, object, you name it, uh, will we'll, we'll provide a recommendation that uh, is customized for your current deployment. Very and, and in that case, for, for those types of customers, the, the easiest way that uh, we, we call up for them to get started is to reach out to their AWS account manager and um, have your account manager talk to somebody on the migration evaluator team for, for a free assessment as part of this program. So Delwin, what, what verticals do you see really taking advantage of this type of capability? Yeah. We, we, so we recently launched uh, FSX Broken ZFS, and really we're, we're focused on delivering a low latency storage option for a lot of high performance workloads. And I think with the new service, it's really interesting to say that like we're learning just as much about where to find these workloads from our customers as we kind of knew going into the, 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 the launch of the service. So always the way, isn't so, it? <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're, we're starting to see like in financial services, quantitative portfolio research, you know, financial tick data really demands those low latencies, really transaction heavy workloads. Healthcare and life sciences, uh, specifically in the genomics research space, a good number of customers are using FSx for OpenZFS for scratch storage for their genomics uh, HPC clusters. And in the media and entertainment space, like broadcast and streaming use cases, low latencies are apparently really important to be able to quickly process the incremental bits of data as, as they're being ingested. And then the last one I'd like to, that I'm really excited to see scale and adoption is around general purpose machine learning. So shared storage for data scientists. We have a company, Rev.com. They're a speech recognition artificial intelligence company. They provide transcription and captioning services to hundreds of thousands of users using artificial intelligence. And it's a typical story that we hear from a lot of customers. As the organization grew, they added more compute. Before they knew it, they were sharing storage from a single compute instance to all of their compute instances. <laughs> Lo and behold, you're self-managing your own NFS server. And the problem is that they're an AI company, right? They're yeah, not, not a storage, storage company. company. Yeah. They don't want to be in the business of managing all that. It has quickly become like a single point of failure, an operational headache that they had to keep in mind. And, and they were frankly running into performance bottlenecks that they didn't have great visibility into. So they were looking for a simple, high performance, cost-effective, NFS accessible solution. 
and FSx for OpenZFS was a it was an easy drop-in replacement, right? Where were shared over NFS, their existing solution shared over NFS, just swap them out, and you have a fully managed replacement for your self-managed uh, storage that you had before. Dare and I you're able to deliver. So I was going to say, dare I say, a great example of undifferentiated heavy lifting, hey? <laughs> exactly. That's what we love to do here at AWS. Um, and yeah, so we were able to deliver you know, up to 70% more throughput, eliminate the bottlenecks that they had run into, uh, and in fact, with, with CloudMatch metrics, we're able to provide better visibility into those bottlenecks that they didn't have before. And, and best of all, we eliminated their operational overhead, the burden of their maintaining their own file servers, all while reducing their cost of operations by nearly 30%. Wow. It's, an, it's an incredible story that we love to hear from our customers. That's so cool. Very cool. Excellent. Sounds like there's there's many pathways and many flavors for folks to uh, take advantage of. Dilwyn, thanks so much for joining us today. Great. Thanks, Simon. And Andy, thank you so much for, for helping us understand a little bit more about what is a really compelling offering for so many customers. Absolutely. Thank you, Simon. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.